three sales in less than a week. How did she do it? Tune in to Agent Hacks. We're going to break it down. We are back on Agent Hacks. I've got my friend, teammate, amazing realtor in the greater Philadelphia area, Jess Lyon here. She had a Hello. monster week. Three, I didn't mean to interrupt you, three sales in less than seven days. I think it was actually like four days is yeah. what it ended up coming out to. <laughs> and you know, we know that sales come in bunches. We know that we're not in a business where everyone sells one home and the exact amount of time that's spaced out between, between everything. It's not on schedule. What were the keys that helped you have such a big week or four-day period? Because that's a big month for a lot of people. That's a big two months for a lot of people. And that's the average year for most agents. So yeah. this is stuff people are going to want to know. So what, what are give us some examples, case studies, or maybe one or sure. two key points that you felt like really helped you do that. So uh, for one of the deals, it was a... Um it was a property had been on the market for a while, and it was a case of me just really getting on this agent because I wasn't hearing back from them. Um, I knew a deal was to be had there, so I was just consistently pushing. So doing that is number one. Um, but that's not the case a lot right now in the market because good properties are flying. Um, for the other two, it was just honestly, one was a listing, and then one was a multiple offer situation. It was prep. For the listing, we did everything we needed to do to hit the market at the right position and make sure it would sell. Um, and we did exactly that. It sold over a weekend. And then the other one, um, my clients had lost out on a multiple offer situation. Many of them, actually. Not just this. Um, we actually got this one. Um, but prior to it, I made sure we were prepped with the pre-approval. Um, and just knowing you need to go into this. It wasn't an easy conversation to have. You need to go into this at a price that you're willing to lose the property for. And they went in probably a little bit higher than they wanted to, but they got the house. So I heard three key things there, and you've probably heard this before. First sale, follow-up, and persistence. Yes. A lot of times there are deals to be made. Mm -hmm. And what I find is that sometimes agents don't pursue it. Yeah. I get phone calls, hey, would your seller take this? My response is, I don't know. Write it up, and I can present it to them because – it's not my decision to make, right? Right, And then also getting a response and being persistent and following up, that can serve you pretty well there. How many times did you have to follow up with the agent? Oh, at least three or four. And it was a matter of, no, at first, the seller will not accept this. And I was like, okay, well, let's work out the numbers so that they will. And then my buyer agreed to one and the seller agreed to one, and it, we got it signed. It took, honestly, a few weeks, but it, we got it signed. So you went through the right process. That's going back to basics. It's a lot of follow-up. And the average agent only follows up like 2.7 times. So you beat them, yeah. right? And you let the clients make the decision. So I love that. And that's a lesson to everybody. Write the contracts and go yeah. through the proper channels. I had this happen to me yesterday where an agent said, I'm not presenting the counteroffer. And I said, wow, you're willing to break the code of ethics? And she goes, what do you mean? And I said, it says that we are required to present all offers and counteroffers. We are very close to getting this agreement signed now because she presented it. And that it's amazing. That's what people do. It, it happens. Yeah. So great job there. So that's following up, going through the process. Mm -hmm. Second one, a lot of prep, mm -hmm. right? So walk through some of the prep that you did there to generate a multiple offer bidding war. Like what are some of the things you did? What are some of the conversations you have with the seller? Um, well, we made sure that the house obviously um, 
you know, presented itself well. Our stager went in there and helped them out. So it looked great. We got the photos done. Thanks, Nick. Um, (laughs) We did that. And then they were willing to accept a price. And to be very honest, it wasn't, you know, what the others were selling for. Um, We were actually a little bit under where the market was. And I was like, this is great. And then we ended up getting right where the market was, even a little bit higher. So we positioned the property pretty right. And we got tons of people for the open house, multiple offers. It was great. We went pretty high over asking. So following the process and doing the right prep. And there's way too many times when you see a listing hit the market and there's like one photo and it's not ready for the market. But this is my point. You followed a process that works Mm -hmm. and we run plays that work here. You've heard that from from Tom Ferry before and that works and our listing track record is, is very strong and you followed through with it and it got your clients like the ideal scenario, bidding more competitive offers. Great job there. Number three, and I love this because there's three different disciplines here. Like, I don't know if everyone's picking up on this. It's not one thing that worked three times. It's three different disciplines Mm -hmm. that got some instant instant success and some gratification. So the third one, I'm hearing difficult conversations that have to happen. So talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, it was a situation where my client, um, we lost out on a few houses um, because, you know, we were either close or just not right there. I said, go in with your your strongest terms. You know, I know you really want to make a move. I know you love this house. It's in a great location for you. It checks all the boxes. What are you willing to lose this for? And you kind of just have to sit there and wait. Um, we went in at a price, and it actually wasn't high enough, but the agent came back to us and uh, suggested a number. And we went. I went back to my clients, and I just said, are you willing to do this? And they said yes at the end of the day. So that's the difference between a good agent and a great agent because it sounded like you got some pushback. Mm-hmm. You told them what they needed to hear to get the home. And what people need to hear, that's the conversation that a great agent has with their clients. Yeah. It's all the news, whether they like it or not, the hard news, the tough conversation, because a lot of agents just tell people what they think the consumer wants to hear, so they'll hire them or they'll keep them happy. We've got a job to do. What's the fundamental thing when you're working with a buyer? What's the objective? To get them the home. Get them the house. Absolutely. She didn't know I was going to ask that. That I was didn't. the 100% <laughs> right answer. So. I love that you took three different things that we teach, we hit on, we've talked about over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. and look what happened. It all worked. So the lesson here, at least in my view, and I'll let you kind of wrap this up, is once you know something, there's the learning it, there's the practice, and then there's the application. And execution is the name of the game right now. Implementation is the name of the game. So anyone out there watching this maybe knows what to do but is afraid to actually like have those conversations or tell people those things. What advice would you have? The biggest thing that got me through these three deals is, I mean, especially the last one, is get comfortable having those hard conversations. Because at the end of the day, you're just presenting a case to your buyer. Don't take the emotion out of it. That's what I would say. Well, that's what people want from their trusted real estate advisor. And let's face it, real estate and finances go hand in hand. And your financial advisor doesn't usually sugarcoat things for you. Yeah. Excellent job, Jess. Thanks for coming on and sharing. This is going to help a lot of people out there. If you need to get in touch with either one of us, you know where to reach us. Catch you next week.